This episode of Talk CDL is brought to you by Driving Tests, Ruthann. Driving-test.org. This, this company, real quick, guarantees that a person will pass their CDL exam. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it says it right there on their on their pamphlet. The the trucking schools, a lot of them now are adapting this program in. Mm-hmm. It costs forty nine dollars, okay, for the month. You get fifteen hundred exam like questions, sixty seven realistic uh, CDL practice tests, all CDL classes and endorsements available in English and in Spanish. DMV CDL exam simulator, fifteen hundred plus. CDL flashcards, and again, it is literally guaranteed for you to pass, and you also get nine CDL cheat sheets, driving-tests.org forward slash CDL dash premium, and like I said, if you're spending thousands of dollars on your CDL right now, what's another $49 if they're guaranteeing you to pass? I definitely would, would go ahead and do that. Yeah, I would. All right, moving on. Today on Talk CDL, Ruthann, we've got an interesting story that I read by a lady named Erin, and she wrote about falling in love with a trucker. Aww. Exactly. You know, that's the first reaction that most people get. Is And so what happened is, I'm going to read the story, and she kind of falls in love and goes out on the road for nine months, you know, and what's interesting about the story, she almost... Immediately, they don't know each other long, and boom, and and she even tells a story of she didn't know if he was going to be like a, a murderer or whatever. <laughs> but we'll get into that story here in a little bit. I also wanted to mention, I don't know if we mentioned it a long time ago, uh, I got an article that I dug up on CDL Life, and I think it was just last year, a 90-year-old trucker um, just retired, you know, so it's like, I want to talk a little bit about that, and then I've got one other story, but if we can just move on. And go ahead and get started with this article. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Before we get started, Ruth, and real quick, let's mention National Carriers. Phone number is 888-311-7076. Looking for a few student drivers and experienced drivers that want to do lease purchase on one of those big, beautiful Kenworth T680s. Again, the number is 888-311-7076. Back to the article. Now, Ruth, and check this out. Here's what she titled it. I started dating a trucker. Then I left Oakland and traveled America with him for nine months. When you first started, it sounded like a joke at first. But, you know, until you said, then I left Oakland. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, it's like I walked into a bar. I fell in love with a trucker. <laughs> What's the punchline? <laughs> Two people walk into a bar. Um, okay. Her name is Esther Liner. And uh, here's her story. It's a kind of a cool story. And in fact, I don't have the whole story in here because of time consumption. So I just, you know, there's some paragraphs that are not in, but they don't, you know, uh, they don't take away from the story. But anyways, here's what it says. In August of 2019, a week shy of my 39th birthday, I climbed into the cab of a semi-truck in San Diego with a man I'd met just two months before. We were bound for Austin, Texas, and technically, this was our fourth date. Ooh. Two months only dated four times? Well, from... And then you climb in a truck? (laughs) Well, my guess is, if if I'm guessing at why, he's over the road, so Mm -hmm. he's only home, so in two months... Every other week. Yeah, Well, every other week, or every three weeks, whatever, Mm -hmm. and maybe even every four weeks, and they went out 
three nights in a row and or whatever. Anyways, this is the fourth date. So you don't really know somebody that well. And next thing you know, you're going to share a cab with them. Yeah. Right. And, and his dog. It says, now I'm as big of a fan of not getting murdered as the next girl. And I'll be the first to admit that the premise of going on a blind date with a long haul trucker I met online absolutely sounded like an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like she's saying, you know, you get you. I you, like her already. <laughs> well, you, you're going out with a trucker that's never around and you met him online. And what what's that the recipe for? You, you, you don't you don't know. Well, there's been many of those unsolved mysteries or cold case files that, you know, it was a trucker. Right. So it says, uh, she writes, but as I watched Brant, that's his name, uh, as I watched Brant from behind the bushes outside of the Oakland restaurant, MUA, M-U-A, where we were going to meet for the first time, I caught no murder vibes. <laughs> so so picture this this girl she's like they all said that about Bundy too <laughs> she, so she's cautious enough I mean and I've never thought of that you know you're you're meeting somebody and instead of being in the restaurant waiting be out in the parking lot to make sure of what kind of car they pull up in you know is it a white creeper van you know what I mean mm-hmm. with painted windows mm-hmm. is it is it a a uh you know, what semi truck, or, or is it a semi truck? <laughs> exactly. Hey, what's this thing he's pulling up in? And uh, so she was smart enough to actually, you know, w- watch for this guy, and also to see, okay, this guy, you know, he uh, was he dropped off by an Uber. <laughs> was he dropped off by an Uber? Does he have like weapons there in the car? Was he getting out? Whatever the case is, Did and he so, mess in his trunk. Yeah. <laughs> so she writes, I couldn't tell you. What we talked about during the first that first date, my heart was beating too hard and the music was too loud. All I knew was that he was handsome, polite, and surprisingly wholesome seeming for a man who claimed to love Lou Reed as much as he does. I guess Lou Reed's a singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she writes, in the year that followed, I saw more of the United States than I had in my entire life up to that point. So she, she's, you know, and, and that's that's the advantages to when you fall in love with a trucker. If you go out and rode them, mm-hmm. you're going to see things. Mm-hmm. You're going to go places. There's absolutely no doubt about that compared, like she said, my entire life. And she's a week shy of her 38th or 39th birthday, so she's almost 40. And and, and, he, and he shows her the world in, in a year. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It says, my time spent living and working on the road with Brant uh, and his, now our, in parentheses, pug Sally, uh, is among the happiest of my life, and it almost never happened. So she said, um, that nine months that she was out there so far, because this was in 19 she wrote this, uh-huh. August. Was, was happiest times of her life, seeing the country living with a trucker and getting to know the trucking life, which was really, this is a touching story. But, you know, there's more to it than that. She's going to talk about being on the road. So she writes, instead of playing it cool as the misguided 1990s romantic comedies of our youth advised, Brant and I dove right in. She said, texting and talking on the phone nonstop during those first two months of a long-distance dating 
two weeks into one of his trips, I was in the middle of typing, I wish I was there with you too for what felt like a millionth time when I realized if I hustled in about six to eight hours, I could be there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she, it finally dawned on her. She's like, cause she's a free, a freelance writer. So she can, she can live really anywhere. Like, you know, like somebody that lives on their phone. Um, and she realized, wait a second. I keep telling you, I wish I was with you. What's stopping me? Right. Right. You know, we, the, the light bulb clicked. Yeah. She said she felt no murder vibes. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and she was, uh, it sounds like in love, you know, when you talk to somebody, let's be honest, when I, when you and I first met, okay. I mean, and it's, I'm going to tell that little story a little later, but when we first met, like I had um, one of those phone dialers and every chance I could, I was at the truck stop and you and I were talking, Mm -hmm. you know, we were always, I was on a payphone, but always, we were always talking. So when I was out on the road, so, you know, I, I understand this story. Um, so here's what it says. It says, I hesitated only momentarily wondering if driving from Oakland to San Diego at 5 p.m. on a Saturday night to be with some dude I'd only met in person once was the right move. So apparently the three dates prior, they actually, did you hear what she just said? She said, so remember she said this is our fourth date. Mm -hmm. And now she says, I only met him once in person. So that really means... In the two months that she knew him, he was home maybe for three, four days, and they went out three days in a row, meaning that's the only time she's ever... So it wasn't like three separate occasions, it sounds like. It sounds like that three dates was all in one. Or Zoomed. Or whatever. FaceTime, that the kind bo- of stuff. But the bottom line is she just said she only met him once, once in, in person. person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe the other dates were on Zoom, you know. It says, lyrics from a Bright Eyes song. Bright Eyes is a singer. Uh, it said, I hadn't heard in at least a decade came to mind as I schlepped my weekend bag to my car. Here's the lyrics she remembered. Remember the time I drove all night just to meet you in the morning? <laughs> Um, and now I don't care. I could go anywhere with you and I probably would be happy. Oh, I know. But that is kind of cute, isn't it? It's like, wow. Talk about two people really wanting to be together. But listen to this. It says, as I set my map for San Diego, I got a text, a link from Brant to that same bright eyes song. Wow. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So so he was thinking of the same th- song, and he sends this to her, and boom, uh, they're together. And uh, she said it had to be a sign, right? So anyways, it says, I wanted uh, to road trip across the U.S. from the time I was a teenager, but the demands of adulthood, work, bills, student debt had always taken priority. So much of the traveling I had done up until this point had been through uh, reliving others' experiences of places anecdotally. So what she's saying is the only the only traveling I got was when somebody told me about it, and I just kind of closed my eyes and, and took myself there. Pondered it. Yeah, just that was it, you know? Um, uh, then she writes, There is something deeply meditative, almost mesmerizing, about seeing the world from six feet above the road through the widescreen windshield of a semi-truck. During the first several hundred miles of our trip to Texas, I delighted in every cactus, Joshua tree, 
and desert rock formation I saw. I remember the first time we crossed time zones from Pacific to Mountain in Arizona and from Mountain to Central as we rolled into Texas. You remember those times, right? I do. When we crossed those. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, though. It's, and she's just kind of recalling her first memories, which is beautiful. Right. Then she writes, we stopped and slept for the evening in a sandy truck stop parking lot just south of El Paso, mm-hmm. where billiards and uh where billboards had sprung up between the uh, super churches and pawn shops, guitar centers, and gentlemen's clubs, El Paso's Strong, Pray for El Paso, and a simple one that read, Enough's Enough, Ban Assault Rifles. So she's just reliving, like, going through these towns where all of a sudden I'm seeing signs for churches and casinos and assault rifles and all this stuff. Something different than what she sees in San Diego. Right. She's seeing, she's seeing you know, a different part of the country where right. people are, you know, talking about other things. She writes, the next morning in Austin, we lined up outside of Terry Black's barbecue with dozens of strangers. I delighted in the easy way our line mates, you know, the people in line, chatted with us as chattiness is a quirk of Southern manners I've been charmed by and by again and again in our travels. Conversations there seems to flow as naturally and without worry as sweat does in the Southern heat. (laughs) You see what she's taking in there, though? You, now she falls in love. Friendliness. Right. She she falls in love with a trucker, right? And they just on a whim, they get together and they get out there. But what she's seeing now is different cultures. Mm-hmm. She's she's like feeling that warm, fuzzy feeling. I because like a lot of us truckers, we come home or if we're if the ones that are off the road, you can sit back and go, Wow, I remember remember I told you the friendliest people I ever met were in Washington. You know, um you, you can you can remember those people. You can remember the the storms up in the north. You can remember just just the the food in Texas, the food, the pizza in in New Jersey and New York. Just little things that bring back. And now here she is remembering, well, you know. She, yeah, she's seen because she's seen different areas. It sounds like she was stuck in San Diego, San Diego, in California her whole life. Never got to go out of it, and. I've been in California many, you know, I lived there for a little bit. It's not always that friendly. So she's getting to see a different area that, you know, she said they're chatty, they're friendly, it's easygoing. And she's now seeing the rest of the country of how other people really are. So it's pretty nice that she's seeing all this. And hopefully the, her story also is getting these drivers to remember what they fell in love with, with driving too. Exactly. This is, I, I, I think it's, it's so cool when somebody, you know, you know, the welcome, let me just say this to, to, um, to this young lady, welcome to trucking, you know, because trucking, trucking will, a lot of people don't realize when you become a trucker, there's many people now going off of what you're saying here. There's many people that grew up in a small town or even a city and they're kind of isolated. You know, I met people in Brooklyn when I delivered that have never been off their own block. Gosh. Well, I mean, just the, the culture, yeah, yeah. you know, like the one, the big Jewish community out there in, in New York City. 
and even the Italian community, a lot of those people have never gone past their own community because no. they've got all everything they need. They walk to the grocery store every day. Everything's right there in the city, mm-hmm. and therefore they've never even been out of the city. Mm-hmm. And there's people that have grown up in small towns in, like, say, West Virginia or Kentucky or, or, or Louisiana that have never been out of their small town. And then all of a sudden, you become a trucker. Dun, dun. Think about that. This is what... Uh, Aaron is going through, right? So, so all of a sudden, she's not the trucker, but she's really like a trucker. When you become a passenger in a truck, in fact, when you become a passenger, you actually see more than the trucker because the trucker, a good trucker, is really more watching his, his, the road, watching the traffic around him, watching mm-hmm. up ahead. So he, a lot of times, might miss some scenery where when you're the passenger... You're just hanging out and going, wow, man, this is awesome. Look mm-hmm. at these things. Look at these cactuses. Mm-hmm. So there she is. And like I said, welcome to trucking. And all you people out there that are getting your CDL, you're going to feel just like this couple or this young lady at one yeah. point. When you get out of your area, if you haven't really done much traveling, your whole horizons are going to be broadened. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, mm-hmm. isn't it? So let's go back to the story. It says, over time, our long days on the road began to take a shape of their own. She says, in the morning, after taking Sally for a walk and scarring up a simple breakfast and some much-needed caffeine for ourselves, I'd work as long as my Wi-Fi reception and concentration would allow me. She said, by late afternoon, I'd take out my earbuds and rejoin the trip, aware once again that I was the passenger in, in a seat of a white international semi-truck that from nose to trailer measured a cumbersome 70 feet long, rolling cross country with the man and the dog I'd grown to love to the point of inseparability. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I mean, and think about that too. You know, there's people that are passengers and, you know, they're working on the road. If you have a wife that travels with you and, you know, she's got sales work or whatever... It's the same thing. You could be back there working. You got your earplugs on. You get, you're in your computer doing your thing. And then when you are done, unplug and get up in that seat and rejoin the tour. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. So she writes, on the days that Brant had deliveries, I'd have him drop me off at local coffee shops where I could enjoy previously simple pleasures like free internet and peeing indoors. That's, you know, I, I get that. And, you know, that's a good idea. A lot of um, a lot of people keep themselves stuck in that truck. Mm-hmm. And I've always suggested, if you have like a layover somewhere, call an Uber. Go into town. Take in a show, a movie. Go to dinner. Get yourself a hotel if you're on the road for a night, if, if you can afford it. Get out of the truck. It, it helps you love the truck more. If you stay in that truck two, three, four weeks without getting out, it's, you're going to get cabin fever eventually. It's going to drive you nuts. If you've got a passenger, you know, like your wife, and it's a, a nice little town, hear what they did? He would drop her off in town at a local coffee shop, go make his delivery, and then when he was done there, he'd come back and pick her up. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If he would get held up, Say he got held up for 10 hours. She could take an Uber to get to him. Mm-hmm. So either way, it works for the passenger if you make it work. That's a great idea. What do you think? I think it's a wonderful idea. She said, I'd come home to the 2000 International LT, or Kevin, <laughs> as we uh, come to call the truck. So it was her, Sally, Brant, and Kevin, the truck. Mm-hmm. What, what's the... Wasn't one of the minions named Kevin? It was. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Kevin. 
<laughs> well, he was actually the more famous one, wasn't he, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, on Despicable. Mm-hmm. So anyways, having barely gotten my uh, land legs back, my hair and clothes stinking of burnt coffee. My time on the road with Brant lasted nearly nine months. I'd typically join him on the road for a few weeks each time, breaking every so often to tend to medical appointments and to my apartment. We were, sh- uh, we were sharing a gray upholstered living space that was approximately seven by five feet. She's giving you the size of the cab. Mm -hmm. Each and every item we brought with us had to have a designated place. We understand that in trucking. You you only have so much space. You got to make, you got to be inventive in a tractor trailer Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. It says the bottom bunk was not just where we slept, but where we played board games, streamed movies, and my office on the days I couldn't get to a coffee shop. She said, our first purchase together was a fancy XL twin mattress to ease back aches that came from two adults, including one who is six foot two inches tall, spooning in cramped creative configurations most nights. If one of us had to get out of bed, not smooshing the other person or the dog, involved a complex choreography. And almost inevitably, as soon as I was settled in with the evening, Brant and Sally lulling me with their tandem snoring, I would have to pee. So once everybody understand that <laughs> yeah, once everybody settled in, she's like, "Oh wait, now I gotta go." So she said, "I would lay there at 3 a.m. unable to sleep, calculating the distance from the uh, truck stop to truck stop, bathroom alongside." the likelihood of getting kidnapped from a truck stop parking lot at that time of night. More often than not, I would, I would get up relieving myself in an extra large plastic beverage cup we'd picked up at a convenience store for this express purpose. And listen, I want to say something. It almost sounds like she's complaining a little bit there, but remember she said that nine months was her happiest time in her mm-hmm. entire life. So you, you get inventive, you pee in a cup, you pee in a bucket, and you move on with life. It's just a trucker thing. I don't think she's complaining about it. She's just no. saying... And they do make now more accommodating female urinals or um, portable potties. Well, I was just going to say that if you go to even Walmart, they have in the camping section, they have um, uh, portable toilets. Mm-hmm. You can literally get this little portable toilet and use it while you're on. And, and there are truckers that already have one. So you can make it more convenient. And I would suggest, do you remember, we have an island, the church that we go to, we have, we own an island mm-hmm. and, th- and it's out in the Gulf. And the reason I'm telling you this is because it, it has something to do with this. Mm-hmm. It's out in the Gulf, and it's a beautiful island. It's got a cabin on it and everything else. Well, if you take a couple people out there camping, and you have ladies, especially elderly ladies, mm-hmm. you are not going to get them to pee in the bushes. So what did we do? We put a, a porta potty out there. We put one of those like for, that you'd see at a construction site. The one guy bought one, a brand new one, and we put it on a boat, and we took took this porta potty out and we l- locked it down out there and had toilet paper and all just for the ladies. The reason I'm saying this guys is because if you have a, a lady with you and you want her to stay with you, <laughs> I'm not saying stay with you, stay with you. I mean, just stay with you on the road. You know, try to find little conveniences like that. Um, I think is a good idea. A little porta potty. Yeah. A porta, a little, little toilet in the truck is a, is a 
probably first and foremost start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, so here she is. She was afraid. And this is, I get that. You hear what she said in there? Yeah, she was thinking about how long it would take her to get from where she's at into the truck stop and her likelihood of being kidnapped in that distance. Well, a lot of truck stops at nighttime, you know, you got trucks running. You don't know as a lady. No, you don't know. You really don't. So anyway, so she was like just taking caution like she did when she hid in the bushes. Okay, it said with showers going for 20 bucks a pop, our shower schedule was set up every other day as most of the truck stops we frequent and offered a free shower with every big diesel tank fill up about once a week brant's company would put us up in a hotel a night or two where we'd luxurate in food delivery apps and indoor plumbing over time that, she, she had it made <laughs> once a week they put up with the hotel i mean gosh that's really she's she's got it made <laughs> yeah no, I, I would I would have to agree with you on that. Um, you know, how many how many how many truck drivers get a hotel every week? Now, I've met truckers that say, you know, we get a hotel once a week all the time. But that's a guy that usually stays out on the road for ten weeks. Most guys, if they're out there two, three weeks, they're not getting a hotel. They live in the truck. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, it says over time I took to cooking dinner, utilizing an air fryer, an electric skillet, a rice cooker a folding table, and an extension cord we ran from the cab of the truck outdoors. Meal plan, it doesn't sound like they had a, an inverter. Meal planning, prep, and cleanup added an extra two to three hours each day to our already tight schedule, but it was better than living on fast food. I agree. Yes, and she probably could have done it a little bit differently if she, you know, she said she just started learning it, so she probably didn't get a lot of time to get a little bit more inventive. She said, from Texas, we cut up through Oklahoma and Kansas, where summer lightning storms lit up the road in silver flashes and mosquitoes savaged my ankles. We stopped in Colorado Springs for a few days, then pushed through Utah and Idaho, where I ogled the giant red and gold rock cliffs that reminded me of old road runner cartoons. <laughs> That's cute. The, uh, this leg of the trip was two weeks. She wrote, once in Washington State, following my whimsy one weekend, we wound up at a sheepdog trial. I don't even know what that is. A sheepdog trial on someone's private ranch. Later, we were eight miles past North Bend, a town made famous by David Lynch's Twin Peaks, when I realized where we had just been. Oh, well, I thought, next time. You know, so, and that's, that's a trucker thing. You mm -hmm. realize, well, I could have stopped at something famous, but I've just went by it by five miles. You're not mm -hmm. going to turn around. No. Unless you're laid over. She said, at the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak, I'd taken a break from my nine month on the road with Brent. So now she's off the road and was in my hometown in rural Northern California, visiting family. Brent was on a cross country work trip with his eldest son, Zion, that was 21 years old, suddenly things like hand sanitizer, antibacterial wipes, rubber gloves, and masks were impossible to find. And his company didn't provide him with PPE. To get to running water, Brant and Zion had to go where other people congregated, truck stop bathrooms and showers at the gym. So th she's describing what, the COVID did while you were out in the road that first year. Mm -hmm. It said to do his essential job 
Brent was required to go into the homes of strangers for a while. Even the fast food restaurants were shut down, and Brent sent me photos of empty supermarket shelves. He and Zion got sick out on the road with chest colds that would not go away and left them weak. But in those days, testing sites were nearly impossible to find. I spent those weeks apart in a blind panic, worried about Brant and Zion, watching as my freelance work dried up and the businesses of many of my friends folded overnight. And that, that really was terrible. I remember that. How many businesses in Houston alone, and I think there was like a record 16,000 those first couple months of COVID went out of business because of all of a sudden the panic and blah, blah, blah. Um, it says, now a year later... Our lives looked nothing like our early days together on the road. Brant was laid off, and we decided to ride out the pandemic in a small coastal California town off of Fort Bragg, where I grew up. A local trucking company hired him for work that kept him closer to home, delivering items like dialysis machines to our local hospitals, dog food and local feed stores, organic flour to the small bakeries. On occasion, Brant would still go on longer trips out of town, running fish from our local harbor to markets in Fisherman's Wharf or organic soil from Humboldt to L.A. Whenever possible, I would go with him. But for now, without it feeling safe to go to restaurants or see live music, the road has gone from a place of spontaneity and possibly to one where we, by necessity, continue our isolation. Like many of us, most of the traveling I did in the past year was in my memory and imagination, knowing now, as my father had, that there isn't always a next time. I often think of how lucky Brant and I were to find each other before the world shut down, and that together we got to take in this country as it was before riding alongside everyone else into what it may yet become post-pandemic. Hmm. What do you think of that story? It was good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and she, she did bring about a good point, you know, as far as she got to see everything prior to how the country's ending up right now with the uh, pandemic changing how we have to do our daily lives. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and I like, you know, it's just an awesome recount of the last couple of years mm -hmm. you know that was i thought i thought that was you know to me of course the falling in love with a trucker because like we're all trucker advocates here you know you know it's it's isn't it nice though when somebody outside of our trucking world gets brought in and they go oh my gosh this trucking world is it's awesome this is awesome man <laughs> and i'm not kidding you i've heard stories of college professors doctors everybody that have gave up their careers and they're now truckers. Yeah. You yeah. know, do you know, do you remember Carl Malone? He played for the Utah Jazz. He would travel instead of traveling on a, a bus or anything. He had a, a tractor trailer and he actually drove a little bit. Mm -hmm. People, people get brought into the trucking world. You don't get out. Once you're in, you're not getting out. But there's if you no love it. Back. No, there's actually, it's like the mafia, but there's one catch. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Trucking's like the mafia. I'm going to tell you what the catch is. If you love it, they say once it's in your blood, it's never getting out. Because there's, what's that stat? Three out of four truckers get their CDL and then never drive again. It wasn't for them. But if you love trucking when you come in, you're never leaving. Nope. You're never checking out. 
Let me let me introduce you to my little friend. That's right. It's called a 13-speed semi-truck. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, that's the story. I wanted to real quick just tell that little story. Um, let me let's go ahead. We'll do another sponsor real quick. Um, Carter Lumber. We're also brought to you today by Carter Lumber. Carter Lumber is looking for local Class A and Class B drivers. Home every day. They got 160 some locations from the Mississippi East. If you go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL, that's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. There's a little form there to fill out. They will contact you, get you in. If you have a Class A or you're a Class B driver, call these people today or go to the the uh, website, carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Ruthann. So the other day, our, our, our little friend, Eugenia, she sent us a message. Did you see what it said? She just started trucking school. Yeah. But you see what, did you see the next message she said? Uh-uh. She said, we just watched a video on the trucker secretary. Oh. So where she's going to school right now, they actually had a video showing From the... J.J. Keller. Exactly. So that's how great J.J. Keller is, that they're showing it in the trucker schools. Yeah. Call them, 888-601-2017. Yeah, eight, that's the, like you said, the trucker secretary. If you're needing somebody to help organize all your paperwork, file things, or even get you to become an owner-operator, they are into everything. J.J. Keller, 888-601-2017. Ruthann, moving on. Moving on. So so I wanted to tell this story before I forget. Just a quick one. It's talking about love. Oh, boy. Remember? Do you remember my first trip out on the road that with that new company? Uh, this was after you and I met. It was Great yeah. Coastal. Yeah. And it was like icy. Yeah. It was an ice storm. Yep. And I, we wanted to see each other. I wanted to see you so bad that I drove with like hardly any weight in the truck through an ice storm up 95 yep. and it was slick. I mean, it was, people were wrecking everywhere and no, it was probably dumb on my part, but I, <laughs> but I wanted to see you so bad that I just kept going. And you remember me stopping and calling you and I was like, it's really bad, but I'm coming. Yeah. And I, and I got there, you know, didn't wreck the, you know, the whole nine yards, which I probably should have waited till the next day when the, uh, um, ice was cleared. Ice is a bad thing to travel. And I don't recommend it even for love. Yeah, because here's the thing. When, when when he did this, there was no cell phones. So I didn't get to hear him. Like, I couldn't check up on him. I couldn't even check the GPS. I couldn't do anything. Like, now, you know, if I want to know where Troy's at, I just open up my link and boom, there he is. But there's nothing like that now. That was in, like, 1995. So we couldn't have... Actually, it was probably still 94. We couldn't have that that update to make sure everything was okay. So... It, it, it was stressful, yeah. to say the least. But anyways, I just thought I'd tell that little story. Um, so moving on. Moving on. Let's move on. Interesting fact. You got a fact for us? I do. What's the fact? Dolphins sleep with one eye open. Wait, that's an old saying, isn't it? Well, Metallica sure has a lyric. It's uh, Sandman, Metallic's lyric. Well, that's a that's an old saying. Back in the day, when people were scared to go to bed, they go, "You better sleep with one eye open." Yeah. Well, they do. You want to know why? Why? Because they don't actually breathe in with the water; they breathe air. So they have to keep one eye open so that they remember to go up and get air. Okay, so they're probably half in and out of comatose right. state. Right. It's okay. it's a it's a, it's called oh geez I can't even pronounce this but it's unihemispheric slow wave sleep. That's pretty cool. Yep. I like that. That's what it's called. So dolphins sleep with one eye open, not because of Metallica's song. Maybe that lady was sleeping with one eye open too. 
the one that wrote that article. Hmm. Hmm. Moving on. Moving on. So I just wanted to real quick mention the the truckers convoy. Um, that's that's supposed to start on March first. Mm-hmm. And I, I just a little article here off of Fox. Just to want to read part of it for everybody. It says uh, the D.C. The Washington D.C. region is bracing for thousands of truckers that could descend on the district of uh, in convoy beginning as early as Wednesday. That could trigger traffic jams, road closures, and bring gridlock to areas in and around the the uh, nation's capital. Mo- uh, modeled after recent trucker protests in Canada, separate truck convoys with names like the People's Convoy and the American Truckers Freedom Fund mm-hmm. have been planned with different starting points, uh, departure dates, and routes. The convoys are protesting COVID-19-related pandemic restrictions, and they seek immediate lifting of regulations like mask mandates and uh, vaccine mandates. There's other things that they're protesting also. It says some of the groups are scheduled to arrive in time for President Biden's State of the Union address on March 1st, while others may arrive afterward. It says over the weekend, um, uh, Bob Bolas, who owns a truck parts and towing business in Pennsylvania, Bolas said... He will lead a convoy through D.C. Wednesday morning before heading to the Beltway. We will be along the Beltway where the Beltway will be shut down. He said, um, listen to this. He says, I'll give you an analogy of that giant boa constrictor, Bola said, that basically squeezes you, chokes you, and it swallows you. And that's what we're going to do uh, to D.C. Bola said, his group would allow emergency responders to pass through as needed. So there's a they've got 700 unarmed National Guard's troops waiting for these people. Literally, they got the National Guard and all waiting for people to show up this week. So they're prepared. So my message to you truck drivers is don't do something that looks dangerous to the public or you're probably going to get arrested. And you know, why 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 have them point their fingers at you and call us violent when if we just stay in line and not try to block emergency exits, emergency vehicles, anything like that. Because the first time you do that, they're they're wanting you to do that, Ruthann. I know they are. That's what they're that's that's why they've gone to the extreme. They want it they want to make drivers or truck drivers look bad. Right. So if you if you guys hadn't realized it yet just there, I promise you, just like in Canada, they, they use all kind of excuses to go in and arrest these guys and beat them up and put them in jail. And now here we are in the U.S. a week or two later, and I promise you, some people will be just waiting mm-hmm. for you to fart the wrong way so they can arrest you. So do everything by the book. Make sure you're not speeding. Don't run red lights. Use your turn signals. All that stuff while you're out there in this convoy, just do it right. And, and and I would advise everybody out there, if you can find them, stop at a truck stop, everybody, and get dash cams. Yeah. Get dash cams and let let, let these, da- I mean, a lot well, of companies. Company- yeah, because you don't want, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're, it's true. You don't want to end up being in a situation where someone jumps out in front of your truck and they say that you purposely ran them over. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm using that as an analogy, so, you know. But I'm using, um, I, you protect yourself because you're going to have people sitting there saying you did certain things and you really didn't. So get the dash cams. Great idea. 
there's a lot of uh, people that are going to be set up on bridges mm-hmm. with signs to support truckers waving to them, watching through towns, and there's there's planned meals that people are making so they can bring them out to truckers. And everybody's saying, now this is what they're saying. They're saying, you know, it could disrupt grocery stores. So. You might want to take... I, I don't want people to go panicking. Like, you know how down here when there's a hurricane... Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. The hurricane's coming. Let's go buy up all the water and generators. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go cleaning out the shelves, guys. Um, let's see what happens. It's going to be an interesting week, Ruthann. Just get some dry goods. Okay, moving on. Load Smart. Load Smart is the last... T- today's last sponsor... And they are the Camion's break-even calculator shows you what you make as a profit, or a if loss. you're not making the profit, what you're doing wrong. Right. It shows you loss and profit. Mm-hmm. It integrates with everything. It's called Camion. K A M I O N. It's uh, uh, K A M I O N dot I O forward slash talk CDL. It's free. And if you're a trucking company and you do a lot of lease purchasing. Get this. Tell your tell your drivers to do this. It'll it'll help them run better for you. Right. You know this is one hundred percent a a win win for all trucking companies uh, if you download this free calculator. Anyways, camion.io forward slash talkcdl. Ruthann, moving on. Why did the cat frown when she passed the hen house? I'm taking it as this is your joke. It is. Why did the cat frown as she passed the hen house? Yes. Why? Because she heard foul language. <laughs> get it? Hens are fowls. Yeah, I get it. They're, they're fowls. Yeah. Gosh, that one went plop, didn't it? What's that? The joke, man. Well, we follow your laugh, so nothing happened. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So one last story I dug up. It said... And this is off CDL Life. You guys can check this out. It says, 90-year-old truck driver hangs up his keys after 8.7 million miles. I might have mentioned this a few months ago. You're saying I did? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, was, I came across it again. And I, I just kind of thought I would throw this out there again, you know, for all you truck drivers that are above the age 70. Because I, I mean this since I'm saying the above the age 70. Because be careful with trucking companies, and I'm just being honest, okay? Most trucking companies, they don't want to hire a driver that's over 70. They just don't, you know? Uh, for insurance reasons, um, you know, I don't know. Do they think the guy's, you know, the, the truck driver's going to have a heart attack? I've met many truck drivers that are 80, 75, 78, and those guys can run circles around a lot of young guys. They are just machines. Mm-hmm. But trucking companies, a lot of them, when you hit 69, 70, you know, you're going to get discriminated against. So if you have a job and you're already over 70, before you leave that job, I was talking to a truck driver the other day, and he told me he's, he's 74 or 72. And he said, my problem is a lot of companies, they don't want to say they, don't, they can't hire me, so they'll bring me in, they'll fly me somewhere, and then they'll find a reason to send me home. So all I'm saying is if you're over 70, okay, if you're over 70, and you already have a job, make 150 million percent sure that if you leave there for another trucking company, that they are not going to send you home because your career could be over. And I'm just being honest with these old guys. I, I Elderly people touch my heart. You know that, Ruth Ann. You know, my closest person in my life besides you was my grandfather. And I personally, 
you know, I hate to see somebody that's 71, that's in great shape, that loves trucking, you know, be discriminated. And I understand the trucking company's part, too. I really do. But at the same time, it's sad because some of these guys, you know, who the hell wants to retire if you're if you're if you're going good Mm -hmm. and you don't have anything really to do at home because you've been trucking 40, 50 years. See, I hear a lot of people going, "Hey, man, that guy should be retired. He should go fishing. He needs to just go take, you know, have a good time. Well, guess what? Trucking is his good time. He doesn't want to go fishing. He wants to drive truck because that's what he does. Right. Right. And that's true. And ones that really honestly that are still wanting to do that and that's their age, a lot of times they're still pretty healthy. But that would be one thing to make sure of is that your your physical that you got you can get a good physical card because then at least if, if you're not gonna get a good physical card, then that's one of the things that they're gonna they're gonna push the companies are gonna push to use as not being able to hire you. Correct. If you're like a three month card they use that as an excuse. You know, this guy I talked to the other day, he said, he said, I get a one-year card. He said, because once you hit 70, they don't give you a two-year card. He said, they just don't. He said, so I get the maximum every time still. Mm-hmm. So, guys, be careful on your decision-making if trucking is really your love of leaving your current company you know, maybe for an extra dollar, a nicer truck or whatever the case is, be really, really careful that the next company isn't going to bring you in and then give you the boot. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's it. We're thin. That's it. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, I've got nothing else. Do you have the word of the day? Do I you, do. By Word Genius? I do. I do have it by Word Genius. And just so everybody knows, Word Genius is not a sponsor. We We kind of adopted them. And Ruthann gets this word every day. It makes her smarter. And uh, all you got to do is go to, I guess, wordgenius.com and mm-hmm. download the word genius. You'll get yourself one or two words every day. That's a word you probably never heard of. And, you know, it just increases your vocabulary. Ruthann? Ready? Yes. Over egg. Over egg? Over egg. Over egg. Oh, just like it sounds? Just like it sounds. O-V-E-R-E-G. O-V-E-R-E-G-G. Yep. What uh, when you're saying is that like a, a just a quick term to say over easy or something nope. like that? No, okay. Nope. I nope. had I had to take a guess at that. But one. that's why I, that's why I bring it out here because you know some of them are like really. What is like o- woodshed last last time woodshed to play a, a, an instrument? Who would have thought that one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what does over egg mean? Over egg means to embell- over embellish or exaggerate something. I'm glad I'm not an overegger. You are an overegger. <laughs> <laughs> Am I an overegger? So the example says Troy would o- always overegg his stories to get drastic reactions. <laughs> okay, so it said Matt. I added Troy. Are, are you sure? Are you sure that that came to you today, or did you go hunting that one just no. for me? No. Am I? An, I'm, I'm an overegger. You're an overegger. I'm going to use that word from now on, man. You overegger. You know, overegger. You know, like like when our kids or somebody used to, you know, be all acting up, we'd go drama, mm-hmm. right? Drama, mama, right? I was actually thinking about that word the other day. Now I'm just going to call them overeggers. <laughs> overegger. Do we have anything else? That's it. That's it. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.